Saves the podcast that challenges three siblings to take a look at our childhood movie cabinet one film at a time, criticize or defend the viewing choices we made as kids. I am your host and was way too young for this movie, Gray Baker. <laughs> that was fast. Uh, I'm Holland and I'm the oldest. I wrote this down <laughs> while watching the movie. I'm Allegra. Eduardo, move me. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I was like, why did I think this was the one? But this is the one. Which Deep part of the movie was that? It's in the beginning when Cameron Diaz is dreaming. It was her dream, right? It's yeah. right before they start dancing. Wow, you really just phoned it. You're like, I need to get this part over with early, and then I no. don't worry about it. No, high, I liked it. High Allegra was like, ooh, this is the one. I'm going to write it down. Eduardo, move me. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, what we do here each week is one of us has to present a movie to be critiqued while the other two score it based on five specific categories. Each week, the score will be added up, and at the end of each season, the sibling with the most points will be labeled master of the remote control, while the loser will be forced to do some sort of punishment chosen by the winner. This week... We are taking it back up to Holland to defend, and she has the pleasure of defending 2000's uh, box office smash, Charlie's Angels, the reprise of the original TV show. Yeah. I must say, um, if there was ever a competition of what is the most 2000s movie to have ever 2000, I would put this one in for the running. Wow, getting it out real early in the year 2000. No, I'm talking about specifically <laughs> oh, that the year. year 2000. Like pre 911, yes. like but post 90s. Yes. Yeah. Like that that brief year and a half where there was still hope in the world, like the yeah, the aesthetics very 2000 yes. for sure. Yes. 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 I would agree. The pre 911 yes. is very key, <laughs> especially the first opening scene. Oh, of this oh movie. my god. The opening scene. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, to give the audience a little bit of a summary for what this movie is that we're about to be discussing, um, it is a story of the captivating crime-fighting trio who are the masters of disguise, espionage, and martial arts. When a devious mastermind embroils them in a plot to destroy individual privacy, the angels aided by their loyal sidekick Bosley, played by Bill Murray, set out to bring down the bad guys. But when a terrible secret is revealed, it makes the angels targets for assassination. <laughs> so while... Thank you, Anthony Pereira. Um, while technically nothing they said in this summary is false, 
it doesn't really give a good <laughs> summary of the movie. It's it's a teaser. <laughs> Way to yeah. not be wrong and also not be, right. Be, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. So well, we watched the shit out of this movie. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure this was. Aside, and I don't know why. Aside from my, oh, it's because I don't know if we want to keep this on the pause because we know one of the producers. <laughs> Inside baseball, oh, uh, Jeno produced this. Wait, that is not why we watched the shit out of this. Why we had it in the house anyway. Okay, yeah, maybe why we had the VHS or DVD, but I'm saying, oh, why uh, we, we weren't like. <laughs> holding deep loyalties to like our parents, friends, wife. That's true. We weren't even married uh, because at the time. when we were when we were eight, six, and three, we weren't like we just kind of show our loyalty by watching this movie well, again I, okay, on a well, Thursday. Okay, I think it is indirectly a reason because I think aside from like Austin Powers or something. I this is like the first movie I was of the first PG thirteen movie that I was allowed to watch like consciously knowing it was a PG thirteen movie. I was still like eight or nine or something when mom let me watch it, but I distinctly remember like I watched it by myself without you guys because I was the oldest and I was allowed to watch this PG thirteen movie and it was a big <laughs> moment for me. And because it was one of, I think because it was like the first PG-13 movie I was allowed to watch, I watched it a lot. And I remember watching it a lot with my friend Shelby, who was like my, one of my besties from like elementary school and middle school. And I feel like I developed an attachment to this movie. And then by like, by proximity, you guys ended up watching it a lot with me. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> so funny that that's your experience with PG-13 movies. Because in my mind, I have always been able to watch PG-13 <laughs> movies and it's literally never been a barrier. Uh-huh. That's what it's like to not <laughs> oh. be the oldest. <laughs> Allegra, you're so goddamn right. <laughs> right? It's I like, broke like, down that barrier for my... you two. <laughs> Well, well, the thing is, the thing is, I think so. My permissions, or I guess my autonomy to watch whatever, like to pick a movie or like have any insight onto what movie we're watching, started much later than the two of you. And I was okay with it, but I was just like, for the most part, until the age of like six, I was just like, Whatever is being put on, I'm watching it. You know, like yeah. you're choosing it. Allegra's choosing it. Mom or dad are choosing it. The cousins. To compete with. Oh, you were way down. Yeah, like I, I didn't have a choice, but I didn't know any better. Right. So I was just like, yes, it is the movie that is on. Yeah. Um, and this was definitely this came into my life during that moment, and so like because of the consistency that we watched it. I was just like, oh, yes, we like this movie. <laughs> we uh, all like this movie, we all right, like guys? This movie. I, th I yeah. do think this was maybe a Holland strong arm, I'm making you like this by sheer exposure type of situation. Oh, oh I liked this movie. Okay, okay. Well, I might have had Oh, a I liked this movie. <laughs> oh, I liked this movie. 
<laughs> I think we liked it for different reasons. Yeah, I think Hall <laughs> like, right? think we might have all liked it for different reasons. Great, right? you and I might have liked it for similar yeah. reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had multiple reasons. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think I think we'll get into boo, it. Boo, yeah. vagina, butchy, butchy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> shout outs to Nick Miller. Um, so, well, this no, movie came I, out in two. We'll get into though. it. So when did yes. it come out? We'll get into it. It was uh, November of 2000. Okay, so I Specifically, was... it was November 3rd, 2000. Okay. Oh, wow. Election day? <laughs> well, I was... I'm assuming. I was around aged that? up that year, I guess. I... So I was eight, Allegra was six, and Gray was three. I was three. You and I were almost four and nine, respectively. So probably yeah. by the time we saw it, we were four, six, nine. and nine. Yeah. Because we got the VHS or DVD or whatever, like, you know, Whenever if it was released in November, yeah. it was our birthday by the time that was even available. Yeah. And I don't think we were, like, lining up at Blockbuster to buy it, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. But we didn't see it in theaters. No, that's definitely for sure. not. Definitely not. Um, do mom or dad have any thoughts about this movie? Yeah, that they I have, have thoughts from both of them. Oh, um, fuck yeah. Dad texted me and said, I was excited that Jeno produced it and I loved the TV show. It was pretty good. Bill Murray took Bosley in a different direction. Overall, a decent movie. They kind of made the angels a cross between spies and superheroes. They were supposed to be private eyes. P.I.s. <laughs> Thanks, Dad, <laughs> for telling me what P.I.s are. <laughs> and then I have an audio message from Mom. Oh my goodness, Charlie's Angels movie. The only memory I have of that movie is the Dancing to the Big Butts song. Um, and that it was seemed ridiculous compared to the show that I loved from the 70s. Um, probably a little inappropriate for children. Um, yeah. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> the big butt song. <laughs> I do. Okay. So I also do have a very vivid memory. I mentioned my friend Shelby earlier. She had this soundtrack at her house. And I remember listening to the CD and like making up dances to a lot of the songs at her house on like play dates as well. Adorable. So this was a big part of like my friendship with Shelby. <laughs> oh man, I remember Shelby left a SpongeBob pillow at our house and it, we never gave it back. <laughs> Sorry about that, Shelby. Hope that wasn't like important <laughs> to you or anything. Not important enough for her to remember that she left it there, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Um I kind of remember Shelby. I remember the name. She wasn't really my... She's, we stopped being friends in probably like seventh grade, so probably before you were really paying attention. I remember it was the first time yeah. I had ever known of the name Shelby to exist. Because <laughs> I thought, huh, didn't know that Same. was a person's name. <laughs> well, the more you know. Um, I mean, wait, hold on. Burn? I don't... No, it's more <laughs> like... I don't know. I didn't know a lot of names Take that, then. Shelby, you... F- all you fucking weirdos out there named Shelby. I also remember in uh, middle school, uh, I was in the library after school doing homework, and my best friend came up to me and was like, hey, can Tegan sit here? And I didn't really hear her, and I was like, what's a Tegan? Because I'd also never heard the name Tegan before. 
Didn't know about Tegan and Sarah yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, yeah, also, I will... Shelby will probably get another shout-out whenever we do Bring It On, because I also heavily associate that movie with her, too. <laughs> Dude, I, when like I hear Bring It friends. On, I, like, only think of you and Carly. Oh, really? Well, we'll yes. get we'll talk about Bring It On when we get to Bring It On. Right now we're talking about yes. Charlie's Angels. Come on. Do-do-do. Question? Or as uh, as the as I called them yesterday, yesterday Meg and I were like going to like a mini mart to pick up some a few ingredients for dinner and um she was like, "What movie are we watching again tonight?" And I was just trying to be funny and I'm like, "Oh, you know, Chuck's Chicks." <laughs> and that was the stupid joke that I uh, wanted to say. I was like, or as everyone likes to call them, Chuck's chicks. Chuck's that chicks. was the joke. Cut, <laughs> cut all this out. It doesn't matter. Leave all this in. <laughs> um. All right. Do we want to get into pre-watch notes? Yes. 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 Um. Let's get into pre-watch notes. Holland, start us off. Okay. I kind of touched on some of them already. First PG-13 movie I was allowed to watch. Jenno produced this. Had this on DVD, I believe. Watched it fairly often. Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu are secret agents. Have to protect Sam Rockwell and his technology. He turns out to be the bad guy. Has it out for Charlie because he thinks he killed his dad. Very 2000. <laughs> well, you remember a lot of the storyline. I have watched this movie many times. Um, listen, I I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. I hate taking pre-watch notes, especially when I'm already high. I find them very tedious. Um, I guess I'll go next. Uh, <laughs> Great. Hot. Great mindset. Hot. All of them hot. I think Drew in this movie made me gay. Her naked scene was unfortunately important to me. I'm so sorry, Drew. Lucy Liu is a goddess, and I would worship the ground she walks on. Cameron's a cutie. The bubbles of the group. Uh, sexy costumes. The client is the bad guy. Helicopter death. Bill Murray kidnapped. Creepy Crispin Glover <laughs> weird hair thing. So gross they made Drew Barrymore into him in the sequel. So bad and dumb. Drew in the race in the F1 like suit was also unfortunately oh, very yes. important to me. I didn't even notice. That one was much more important to me than the, than the... Tumbling the sh- naked one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The I, this was all stream of consciousness, but like I didn't even notice Drew had a lisp as a kid until the and that was kicking your yeah. ass. Yeah. Um, leather Lucy Lou. Oh, <laughs> guy from Legally Blonde. Whatever. Bye, Tom Green. Guy from Legally Blonde is how you know Luke Wilson. Yeah. Luke Wilson. <laughs> all right, Gray. Um. All right. Also, Allegra, I do want to say, I also sometimes find pre-watch notes tedious. That's why I've stopped trying to, like, remember everything, or at least jot down everything, and just kind of be like, what are the things that I feel like were, like, more important to my memory than, like, maybe you you guys? Like, the very specifics of, like, what I think is unique about my memory. But I'm just, it just, it's made me enjoy pre-watch notes a little bit more. But anyways, let me say my pre-watch notes. Um, We watch this movie a lot. Smack my bitch up 
Oh my the God. Chad. I have a story about that. And Sam Rockwell dancing to Simon Says by Pharaoh Monk were <laughs> always my favorite. Um, I also never seemed to be able to shake the scene of Cameron Diaz dancing in boys' underwear. Um, I think part of that is because I remember being like, I think I own that exact pair of underwear because they were like little boys' underwear. Gray, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have an exact note like that of I always found the Cameron Diaz Spider-Man scene disgusting because Gray owned Spider-Man underwear and it's all I could think of. <laughs> Um, I know Joey is in it. Lucy Liu's feet on Tim Curry's face always grossed me out. Yes. Yeah, I wrote that um, down upon this rewatch as well. <laughs> Glad none of us because like I think finish. it's supposed to be sexy, but like only to those select few who find it sexy, and mm. I don't. So I was like, ugh. But anyways, um, a lot of this movie kind of grossed me out even back then when I didn't know a lot. Except I don't think I remember. I don't know where that came from because all I can remember at this point is this is her feet. The feet Anyways, thing. <laughs> oh, uh, the super '90s cover of "Money" by the Beatles. Um, when Lucy Liu is it was, whatever. Um, which her horse jumping scene. Yeah, <laughs> but I got that confused with the Barracuda scene, so I was thinking ah. that. The best things, like the money song came when she was walking into the Red Star building. Anyways, I'm, this is going way too long. Obviously, the creepy hair guy and his weird scream. Oh, shit. Duh, Bill Murray's also in this. <laughs> his weird scream. That is a weird <laughs> scream. That's a really good point, Gray. I always, I it just always stuck out. Ah! It was like a, it was like a squawk, almost. Listen, During, guys. like, the first fight scene. Yeah, but very aggressive. Yeah. Guys, I know we He say... did it like twice in the fight scene. I'm just like, oh, is this like all he says? Yes. Those are, only, those are his only lines, I think. Like, guys. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the scream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, I know that we call a lot of things camp on this show. I literally, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I think we might have taken the same note. I think I wrote these fight scenes are camp. <laughs> the whole movie. Oh well, yeah, the whole movie is camp. Like but... I don't like I know that at this point I'm like, do I even know what camp is? But watching this movie, I'm like, this is like a fever dream. It's so amazing and batshit stupid at the same time. Like wait, 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 yes. wait, wait, wait. I'm so sorry to cut let's you. Let's get off. into our show scores. But wait, yeah, the scores. Yeah, let's get into let's the, do scores. the scores and then we'll hop back in. No, yeah, I think that was a perfect transition too because <laughs> I can I go first with my scores, Allegra? Go for it. I'm a little worried. So, because I had so much fun watching this movie. <laughs> Thank God, so did I. <laughs> my nostalgia was at a 10. Ooh. Whoa. Allegra. Oh, I, seven. Seven? Okay. I, I didn't remember a lot, but I the, still, it was okay, all there. Okay. So I did remember a decent bit, but the reason it's pegged is because I was just like, oh, this is why we watched it all the time because it's so much fucking fun to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which leads me to my next score, sit through ability, 10. Eight. 
Gray yeah, and I are on the I... same wavelength. <laughs> oh my god, dude. I was just like, I was laughing in, a, in good ways. Also, I was like laughing at the movie, but like in the perfect amount. Yeah. Like the perfect way. Um, I fucking was just like, this is a like a really fun movie. The opening scene where they're jumping out of the skyscraper. <laughs> I mean, sorry. I'm sorry. The airplane? <laughs> yeah. Where they're jumping out of the airplane. Such I'm like, what a fucking way to kick off a movie. This is awesome. This is badass. And on, and when you see the bloopers at the end, it looks like they also had a fucking amazing time making this yeah. movie. Like, they looked like yes. they were having so were much fun. Were these the first... Were these the first post-credit bloopers of a movie that weren't bad? really, really bad? <laughs> that we've like watched. Mary-Kate at least Nashley? that we've watched on this show, yes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. At least, because I don't know, like, maybe another one has happened, but it's usually the kids' movies from, like, the early thousands or the late 90s that we've watched that had them. Or Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean... Don't get me wrong. I had a ton of fun watching this movie. I had a lot of fun. Like, a lo- all my scores, you can always say, like, can be argued up. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Uh, and well, going into that, I know, appropriate for children. I know this one's not going to be high. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, appropriate for children, I have it a three. Okay. <laughs> I did put a one. A one? But again... Just remind me why it's not, you know? Just remind me. <laughs> I mean, I know I know this is not gonna be the one. Like, I know this is not the category, but maybe I actually maybe. I actually think I may lower my score because I just remembered that Love Actually got a cumulative appropriate for children's score of two. Well that's just because you both <laughs> and there's had no to way. one. There were no boo there were no No, 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 no. no. I said it's an average close. score. Oh, average the score. The average score of between one and ten, I love actually between Allegra's and mine or whatever, was a two. Oh, so I guess someone put a three. <laughs> yeah, it's like Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm just saying there's no way this movie is more appropriate for children than Love Actually. I did. I think it is technically more appropriate for children in that there is no nudity and they don't say the f word and they really don't show any sex scene. Like any sex scenes are like we don't see it happen. However, I did write the note. Cleavage carries this movie. Yeah, the amount I mean, of we cleave see, happening. So, I will say we basically almost see Drew Barrymore's entire boob other than her nipple in that racing yeah. outfit. Like, you oh, see most of her boob. When she falls but... out of the window, you see her nipple. Do you? I'm like, maybe this was, like, made before TVs were good, but, like, you see a nip-nop. Okay, well, we can move movie. on from this category because uh... I know it's not a high score. <laughs> yeah, but I did also forget that there is straight-up nudity in Love Actually. I forgot about that part. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I digress. Does it hold up? I put a six. I put a five. Okay. Because like, I don't know. It is very year 2000. It is. It is. Yes. Incredibly. But it's also, very it's like a beautiful time capsule. Yes. It's sort of like, I mean, it's not quite teen witch levels of goofy fun while high, but it's a very good high movie. Yeah, it's a definitely a very good high movie. Um, Can I follow this? I also put a five. Can I follow? I put a five. Okay. Maybe I can argue that one up. 
There are there's it, a lot going all on. All of these Yeah, all of these I think have some room somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But like I said, Honestly, fucking better than I expected. Better than I expected. Yes. Very much better. Other than to start off because it was my first note and then I had similar ones throughout the movie. Is it considered blackface? <laughs> I, I put that too. Same thought. Is this if blackface? Drew Barrymore uh, is dressed up like LL Cool J with a mask on. I think I don't think that is blackface because she is not technically painted to look like a black person. However, later on in the movie when they're belly yeah, dancers, how, she definitely has brown, brown face? face on. Yeah. Def- that is yeah. not cool and it was unnecessary. Yay. So unnecessary. It was so unnecessary. The other two didn't then, have their faces painted. They were on the stage. Like, oh. They also, it's like they didn't have yellow face on at the massage parlor. Yeah, but I also it was well, like, that's another I thing love is, those is prob- That's my other note is, is it problematic how they are dressed at the The Japanese spa, spa thing? I didn't love it. <laughs> At the very least, the makeup was very bad. Yeah. This movie likes to have a lot of, like, quote-unquote Asian set pieces. Yeah, I. Tim Curry is just a straight-up weeb. We only see him surrounded by Japanese culture, other yeah. than at the racetrack. Like, does he live there? I was confused by that, and I had never noticed that upon any other I mean, one can even argue one. the way his race car was designed is very <laughs> anime inspired that's a very anime ass race car yeah his company is literally called red star which is like so close to the red ribbon army from dragon ball <laughs> i'm just like what weeb made this movie yeah yeah well i do know the director is mcgee who also helped create the oc wait hold on I just realized Charlie's Angels is from the 70s. 70s is the Cold War. Enemies were the Russians. Like, was Red Star, like, a canonical reoccurring villain in the 70s show? I have no idea. I don't know anything about the original show. Me neither. Um, Mom, let us know. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa! (laughs) I just Googled Charlie's Angels TV show villains and got a spoiler for the 2019 Charlie's Angels film that I didn't know existed. Oh yeah, Kristen Stewart's in that one. Uh, Did you know Bosley is the bad guy? Yeah. Well, I didn't. (laughs) And Elizabeth Banks is Bosley in that movie, I'm pretty sure. Well, they're showing up. Hold on. That movie, the 2019 Charlie's Angels, is like fine it's a good plane movie like don't pay for it but like if you have time on a plane it's a good plane movie oh i do remember the trailer for this movie i remember being like i'm definitely not watching that but kirsten stewart looked really hot she's actually really good in it she's fun she plays a fun character who is she in that one i don't know they're all like they're not like they're not like these three characters. They're like their own people. I will say, I love that the three of these actresses became besties. I know. 
I love all three of these actresses. They are all doing a great job in this movie. I found Bill Murray entirely yes. unnecessary. Yeah. Also. Yeah, me too. I did not expect that. And then re-watching it, I'm like, oh, first of all, he's hardly in this movie. And second of all, yeah, he was not. He doesn't do anything. Important <laughs> to any part of this movie. He just has the phone that Charlie calls. <laughs> yeah, I would love to know how this movie compares to his appearance in Space Jam, another movie he was barely in and seemed unnecessary for. Like, is this just what he was doing in the late 90s? Yeah, I don't know, man. Okay, so I never, as a child, I really never understood the whole silver Airstream trailer on the desert set home that Matt LeBlanc and Lucy Liu lived in. I was always so confused. I'm like, what is yeah. this? I think it's implied yeah. that Matt but LeBlanc is currently actively in a movie. I now I understand that now as an adult, yeah. but as a kid, I was like, I don't get this living setup, but I guess it's like a quirky movie thing. I mean, it's just like the heaven, it's purgatory from Toothless. Because it's the only trailer there. It's just like <laughs> one trailer on a huge, what, like set up against a huge desert backdrop with like nothing else around. I think we should seriously consider that this movie takes place in the Toothless universe and that Matt That's LeBlanc in lives purgatory. in purgatory and then she's an angel, so she's allowed to visit whenever she wants. What is so hard to understand? <laughs> oh my God. For me, I think I just grew up accepting it, like not thinking much Never of questioning it. And it. just and just being like, oh, he's a movie star. They live on a movie set. Makes sense to me. That's the only information. Like, I'm like, that A plus B equals C. I'm good. Like, you got me there. And this time I was actually like, what's happening here? <laughs> is this their home? Is this the trailer on set? Why is it secluded and on a movie set? Like, I was I was more confused now than I was yeah, back then. Yeah, it's still confusing. Opposite your... Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. As a child, um, I didn't even understand Lucy Liu's personal arc that she was, like, struggling to tell her boyfriend who she really was. Oh, really? I, like, didn't I'll pick up honest, on any of that at all. I'll be honest. I even still hardly picked up on that this time around. It wasn't really important. I mean, none of their, no. like, man stuff was that important. Which I appreciate. They have more important things going on in their why, why did they even have to have man stuff? I don't stuff? know. Okay, so here's the thing. I realized that all of the scenes... I think it helped drive through the fact that they are secret agents. Yeah, and that's it. I that's the that's only true. reason that we true. have that. <laughs> they just want to have it all, these working women. Um, so I realized that out of all the scenes in this movie that made me gay, um, <laughs> almost none of them were Cameron Diaz's fault. Yeah. It's all Lucy Liu and Drew Barrymore. I just, I don't know if it's, like, I didn't hate Cameron Diaz at all growing up. She's so cute in this movie. It's just, she's cute. Her big she's, old smile. She's cute. She's the bubbles of the Powerpuff yeah. Girls. Obviously, Drew is um, Buttercup and um, Lucy, Lucy Liu is Blossom. Blossom, but obviously she makes Blossom good and awesome and cool and otherwise that's not true, but... I just, like, Cameron Diaz was just not, it was, like, not your I don't flavor. know. She, maybe she was just <laughs> too cutesy. But, like, that's the weird thing is I really did ship her and, and Luke, Luke Wilson. Wilson. Like, I didn't, they were cute. I didn't give a shit about Lucy Liu and Matt LeBlanc, and I 
definitely didn't give a shit about Drew and uh, Tom Green. I was well, like, no one gives a shit about Tom Green. And like, but <laughs> but I thought that because they kind of made like Drew sleep with the villain, she had the more interesting arc. Like she mm-hmm. was like maybe more main character. I got that. But Drew was always my favorite angel yeah. of the three. Although I think. Lucy Liu might be my favorite now yeah. as an adult. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I love them all in different ways. I definitely watched this It's movie. funny you say that. Oh, I was just going to say, when I wrote, when I was a little kid, I remember being in love with Cameron Diaz in this movie. Mm. Watching it now, I'm in love with Lucy Liu. Mm. Interesting. I think all of us have, be- like, if we didn't already love Lucy Liu, okay. Lucy Liu is so cool. First appearance in this movie on the fucking speedboat with her hair in the wind and her adorable little smile. <laughs> I was like, after she dives in the air. <laughs> oh, she's so she takes off the helmet. Oh yeah, and like mm-hmm. slips her hair. Her hair. I'm like, you're goddamn. Right. Yeah, that's literally when I wrote that line. When I wrote that note, was that scene. That's why I'm like, and I'm in love with Lucy Liu. <laughs> it was that fucking shot. She's so cute. She's so so fucking beautiful i'm just like how i was so deep in the closet you guys like i didn't even know you were a baby i didn't even know but i'm just talking about i didn't even know i was into women until college i was so deep in the closet i was in fucking narnia with like beavers and jams mcavoy like i didn't know (laughs) i didn't know at all (laughs) yeah i definitely watched this movie wow as a kid, like wanting to be them, and it seems like you guys were watching it, wanting to be with them. Maybe you were a little both. bit of both, yeah. Um, I just have to say, Allegra, when you started that like mini rant, and you were like, "She is so beautiful," you cut out, and I didn't hear any of it. And then you came back. I all I heard when you came back in was, "And now I'm in the in the." Closet with James McAvoy. (laughs) Or like you said, I'm in in the closet to Narnia with James McAvoy. And I'm like, whoa, what did I miss? (laughs) I was just talking about how deep in the closet she was and used a Narnia reference as a a metaphor. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I was like, man, I missed a lot. Um, But... I fucking, yeah, I mean, I don't, I was talking about this with Meg last night where I'm like, I honestly think I watched, when I first started watching this, it was like when I was too young to understand like sexualization. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then as we start, as we like watched it more and I came into that age, I remember being like, I feel like I shouldn't be into this, but I am because I just didn't know what was happening. I'm like, this is a, this is a movie I watched with my sisters and now it's making me feel weird. Oh no. I felt the same way. Literally. I, I don't know how old I was, but at a certain point, like a switch was flipped and watching Drew Barrymore in the f1 outfit in the car scene became too yes. much for me and i'm like i can't watch this it feels like i'm doing something wrong oh no it's overwhelming like i'm having to like not con- like i can't look at the screen the whole time because i like i just could not handle it it was too sexy oh man you certainly don't have boy brain 
I never had a I never had a problem looking at the screen. During at the that very moment. least, I felt like I couldn't watch or, it while you guys were in the room. It's like watching a sex scene with your parents. You're like, and this makes me. Feel I'm like, get out, yeah. get out while I feel these things. <laughs> this bomb scene in the beginning of the movie, I think, is like the last movie that it was ever made to acceptably show. <laughs> A bomb vest in a plane? Yeah. This casually. Yeah. Not in, like, a very serious mo- war movie right. or something. It's, like, like just for not... it to be, like, part of the, like, joke? Goofy opening. It, it's not... Yeah, it's, goofy it's opening. Time... I'm like, this was the last movie to do it, I think. Like, in unless someone could show me another comedy where that came out before 9-11 where it was, like, oh, yeah. terrorism I... on a plane. Well... Okay, you said this is the last time you get to do that. So there might be movies before 9-11. But after 9-11, if you have anything bomb and airport related, it's directly tied to terrorism, joke or not. Yeah. Like, the first thing that came to mind was Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo Bay or whatever. uh, Because he has a... a, Kumar brings a bong uh, that traps vapor onto a plane. And because he's brown and had a weird contraption in the bathroom, they all thought it was a bomb. And like that's Well, he the also joke. said, "No, it's a bong," and they're like, "It's a bong." But yes, but I know what you're anyway, saying. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Is like it is then, yeah. No matter what, tied to that. So many. Whereas things. this movie was just like, oh no, we're just gonna jump out the plane, and then you know we got him. Yeah. You're good. We got him. So many things blow up in this movie. There are so many explosions yeah, awesome. in this movie. This movie is awesome. Oh man, they have not aged well in terms of visual effects. Yeah, and it's it's so fucking camp, you guys. No, I, I like I yeah I like the intentional like wire action in the fight scenes. Yeah, where it's like very obviously. Yeah. They're on wires. Like, I love Choreographed it. and wonderful. That smack, that first fight scene while Smack yes. My Bitch Up plays and they're fighting Crispin Glover and they're all just like, they're very obviously on wires and just hopping and doing backflips and he's making that weird scream he makes and ripping people's hair out. It is oh my God. perfect. Ah! Cameron Diaz is... <laughs> So much. Cameron Diaz's extremely long kick. Yeah, her like slow mo oh, kicky, kicky, kicky. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best part of that scene. They do that multiple times in multiple fight scenes in this movie, too. Can I tell <laughs> you? Yeah, dude, I fucking love it. I love it. Can I tell you a deeply embarrassing story about me in relation to the Smack My Bitch Up song? <laughs> yes, please. So, the fr- when I heard this song, mostly through this movie, I didn't hear them say smack my bitch up. I thought they were saying smack my picture. <laughs> that's so, so cute. No, no, that's, it gets worse. One time at dad's house, he had like a date over and they were in the kitchen and like dad was playing music and <laughs> the song was playing and I was going, Smack my picture, take my picture. And dad is like losing it. And he's going, what are the lyrics? And I repeat myself confidently and continue to sing the rest of the song that way while dad is losing his mind with laughter. I think I remember you trying to convince me of that lyric too at one point. And I was like, 
<laughs> Allegra, I don't think that's it. I watched it on, on MTV one time. And you were like, no, no, no. It's smack. It's take my picture. <laughs> smack Of my course picture. it is. Idiot. I heard smack correctly. Oh, my. But for some reason, I thought it went back and forth between smack my picture and take my picture. <laughs> I do not know why. Um, Let Chris, me look up the lyrics. Okay. Crispin Glover is the perfect casting for someone named Creepy Thin Man. Yeah. Just gotta say. The, oh my god, when, when they're chasing him out of the restaurant and they're like chasing him down the alley <laughs> and then there's like a really tall gate and he just <laughs> cartwheels <laughs> through the center of the gate and these three very skinny women are like, oh, we can't get through that same tiny space. We're <laughs> just banging I, up against the gate like, oh, we get through this. Fucking life. Every time I've seen this movie, I've had that thought. Or I'm like, you guys are so much smaller than him. Is it just because he's like creepy thin man that they're like, look how thin he is. He's like an envelope. This is what comic book <laughs> movies should be shot like. Because that's yes. such a comic book thing to do. Yes. Where he's just so unearthly skinny that he could fit through this space that normal human women can't. <laughs> and he does it so gracefully. Um, also, Allegra, to give you some, uh, at least some, I don't know, make you feel a little bit better about that story. The lyrics to Smack My Bitch Up are... Smack my bitch up, change my pitch up. Oh. So you probably heard change my pitch up, which you thought said change take my, my picture. picture. Gotcha. Smack my picture. Because it starts with change my pitch up, <laughs> smack my bitch up. So you're like, it's the same. It's take my picture, smack my picture. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I you just were love- just a little baby love, who couldn't yeah, even my, fathom that the words were smack my bitch up. Meanwhile, I've watched Austin Powers, Wayne's World, Charlie's Angels, and countless other movies that say the word bitch, and I'm like, picture. <laughs> but all those movies you just listed are like whimsical and fun. That's true. And smack my bitch up is a very aggressive song. I know. I Okay, the thought of domestic violence never occurred to me. That is true. Yeah. Um, what a weird song, um, but great use of it in this an movie. An amazing oh use of the song. For some reason, I thought it played like during every action scene, but it's just like other songs that sound like "Smack My Bitch Up," and I just want them yeah. to all be "Smack My Bitch Up," but it's not. It's like they have original <laughs> score leading up to "Smack My Bitch Up." The transition so between good. the original score. And into Smack My Bitch Up during that first scene is also. I feel like this scene should be studied. <laughs> so good. I was thinking, I'm like, they're gonna study this in like cult films classes in the future where they're like, yeah, people maybe thought it was like fun, but shit. But now it's art. I love it. I love it so much. But that's what I was gonna say, Holland. I Dude. think the original score into Smack My Bitch Up was so seamless that when they pay, play that same original score later, your brain just goes. I just think it's about when does Smack My Bitch yeah, Up start playing? It's like playing? a Pavlovian response. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I also I just want to applaud the soundtrack of this movie. Oh my god! Incredible. Yes. Oh, I even so, wrote at some point. First uh, racing song is the first flop of the soundtrack. 
I just love. Okay, so the uh, heaven must yeah, feed me some angels. Um, also, this song introduced me to Marvin Gaye. Mm. Um, that, whenever I hear "Gotta Give You Up" or yeah. whatever that song is called, I gotta think, give it up. Gotta give it one. up. I think of fucking Sam Rockwell singing it same. while revealing that he is a villain. Same. Absolutely same. I only same. associate that song with this movie. Oh, <laughs> a dude, thousand percent. My Sorry, favorite character of this movie is Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Once he goes bad, he is fucking committed. Sam Rockwell is camp. Like, he so is leaning into so the villain. Dude, every so I love good. It. Every movie he's in is camp everything everything sam rockwell is in is camp iron man fucking even like vice when he's plays w like everything he's in he is camp he is committed he is so goddamn charismatic holy shit when he's like playing you know when he was playing like the reserved nerd i genuinely was like Oh, that's it? And I didn't understand. It was because, like, he was playing it down. And, and then when he came yeah. out and you were like, yes. Oh, dude. His dancing. He saved it. Is unbelievable. He's yeah. so good at dancing. In all of his movies, he dances. And in this one, I always remember when he. He does the splits. You see the. Uh, bah, 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 bah. He does the splits, dude. That was incredible. I replayed that. Um, but no, when he. You just see the jukebox on the floor, and he pits play as his, like, computer program is going over the uh-huh. lyrics, or going over the melody. I was like, oh, like, it was, oh, God, I love that song, too. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the fuck up. Simon says, get the fuck up. Yeah, dude, that song <laughs> I'm in love with because of this movie. Him dancing to it, smoking the cigarette. That's my favorite scene of the entire movie. <laughs> Literally. It's my favorite scene of the entire movie. If it just also... scratches a mental itch. Yeah. 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 I totally get that. Uh, speaking of soundtrack, this movie was responsible for, like, culturally revitalizing Baby Got Back. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Because it came out in, like, 92. Yeah. And it was, like, a flash-in-the-pan kind of one-hit wonder thing. And then they put it on this soundtrack and in this movie, and it, like, blew up again for, like, a whole new generation to the point where even, like, we were little, but this song has, like, not gone away since this movie. My Anaconda don't. Uh Uh-uh. And I definitely yeah, remember this was but, one of the most played songs on the soundtrack that I listened to at Shelby's house. <laughs> is this another, like, is it also kind of problematic that Cameron Diaz is dancing at Soul Train to Baby Got Back and, like, is it winning is a, over, like, it's a weird the crowd of black joke. people to be it's like, a weird oh. joke. Go white girl. Go white girl. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I felt a little similar in that scene as I did to when we watched Kangaroo Jack. And I felt like, I feel like white people made this movie and they specifically wrote a scene where a character gets the approval of black people. And, like, yes. that's the whole point. Yeah. Where it's, like, like at least in Kangaroo Jack, one of the leads is an actual black person, and he gets, like, a character and lines and motivations. In this movie, they're like, we want Cameron Diaz to be likable by the black community, so we're going to create a whole scene 
Well, it's like a white person fantasy that yeah. you see in Hollywood movies it's a lot. It's strange. Yes. It's very strange. <laughs> it didn't need to be in the movie <laughs> other than just to be like, like just to add credibility to Cameron Diaz's character. Even black people like her. And like, it was, that's like, what, and it like, was like, <laughs> and it was a good date with Luke Wilson. Luke, Luke, who also was accepted by the black bouncers when Cameron Diaz like kissed him. It's so, it was so weird, so fucking sad that they're just like, this is my fantasy to have a group of black people accept me, and I'm just like, bro, I think you need. <laughs> You need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> because this is racist, right? Like creating this fantasy and forcing black actors to like like you. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. It feels like a weird kind of power trip. Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. Um Matt LeBlanc's hair is very bad. He has very bad, weird, stringy, like Winona Ryder in Beetlejuice bangs. <laughs> a lot of gel in his hair. And they did the same thing when Lucy Liu is pretending to be the the masseuse. They did the same weird bang thing to her. And I'm Uh, like, what's the obsession with these Maybe it's just a sweaty trailer. Yeah. Maybe it's just a very hot trailer and they're sweaty. Um, Is Matt LeBlanc just playing Joey Tribbiani in this movie? Because... a little bit more with it than Joey yeah. does, but like not that much more with it. I was gonna say though, he does fit very naturally in this very goofy world. Yeah, definitely. Like, this movie was either like everyone knows exactly what energy to put out, or they're just perfectly cast. Yeah, because everyone's like, this is goof troop. Yeah, except for maybe Bill Murray, who feels like he adds almost nothing to this movie. But I wouldn't say Bill Murray is being serious. No, but I feel like he's on he's on a different. No, and he did have. Hey, hey, hey. he did have some like good moments in this movie. I'm not. I still do think he was inappropriate or not inappropriate, but unnecessary. Yeah. But like, there are still moments of this movie that I'm like, okay, like he did bring another chuckle into the into the movie. Mm -hmm. Like one I always remember. He wasn't necessary, but he, he wasn't bad. It true. was like fine that he was. He wasn't there. unenjoyable. Yeah, the biggest... He was not unenjoyable, but he just didn't need to be there to begin with. Yeah. But I always love when he's first talking to Tim Curry and just feels like he has to keep his mouth. I know. Open I, I, that other, was my one Bill Murray. To, I love that for them to be able to hear him too, and he's like, he's just like I just. It's always been burned in my brain where. He's like listening with his mouth open yeah. and then Tim Curry starts to laugh and then he starts to laugh just like he's like turning it with into his mouth a laugh. Open. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, I always uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, I, thought I think that it's was hilarious. Funny. Do you know what my favorite um, fucking part of that scene is though? Is when Tim Curry is like, "Oh yes, I had it shipped in from Kyoto." <laughs> Shipped in from Kyoto, and I'm like, this is not how that's pronounced. Kyoto. No, he said, he said Kyoto. I had it shipped in from Kyoto. I wrote it down as phonetically as I could. I had it shipped in from Kyoto. Um. I totally forgot Melissa McCarthy was in this movie. All right, yeah. Oh my god, I, don't think I, I ever know. realized what a that fucking, before. I didn't realize it until watching it. I was like, "Holy shit, She's what a like the cameo!" Office lady at the place at Red Star wearing 
with the Barracuda scene. When they break into Red Star to, like, access their technology room. Oh, my God. Male Cameron Diaz can get it. <laughs> Male Cameron Diaz can kind of get it, though. <laughs> this is the most attractive. I'm attracted <laughs> to Cameron Diaz two times in this movie. One, when she's in uh, the final when scene with drag. her weird mesh back Oh, the backless suit. type thing. And yeah. the other is when yes. she's in. <laughs> oh. Gray, you and me. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Charlie's... Same taste in women, I guess. <laughs> we just appreciate uh, the beautiful female form. Can I? Okay, I just wanted to say this. You were talking about uh, Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz dressing up like men. Um, yeah. Well, I always thought Cameron Diaz looks like Blake does now <laughs> with the facial hair. <laughs> But she's so tall. With the chin strap. <laughs> no, I wrote down, and this is really only for Holland. I thought male Drew Barrymore looked like Roger from Outlander. Oh, well, maybe a little bit. Like the first Roger, yeah. 60s Roger. Yeah. <laughs> Drew um, Barrymore is so small. She's I, such a short she's man. So I Great. think she's literally my height. I think she's like 5'3". Great. I thought you were going to say that male Cameron Diaz, when she rips off her mustache, she looks like Kip from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> That's also kind of true. <laughs> Cameron Diaz has no eyebrows, and every person in this movie dresses like they're in The Sims 2. <laughs> that, yes, everyone <laughs> does dress like they're in The Sims 2. That's such a weird specific <laughs> reference, but it's dead on absolutely dead on all these weird outfits so weird <laughs> all the weird. outfits that weird hair all the outfits that Cameron Diaz wear are like the the sexy ones that like the Caliente sisters would wear yes absolutely <laughs> fucking Drew Barrymore's Caliente hair. sisters in Pleasant in View Greg keep up huh? <laughs> Sims head, no. <laughs> yeah, Drew Barrymore's hair, when you first see them in Charlie's office, where it's, like, both straightened and, and random like, curls. Yeah. Absolutely a Sims 2 hairstyle. Very Lizzie McGuire vibes as well. Drew Barrymore, I was convinced, was a redhead, and she has never looked acceptable. Like, it, it doesn't make sense in my brain. When she's not a redhead. When she's not a redhead. She's generally Dude, a same. redhead. Yeah, but because of this movie. But she's also blonde. But also, upon watching this movie, I realized how fake her red hair yeah. looked. Like I don't, I never picked yeah. up on that before. Me neither. Oh, I absolutely detest Cameron Diaz as both a brunette and a redhead. Yeah, I don't like. That yes, she, yeah, I was I just like about to say that. Hair. I hated her with the black hair. Ugh. In the racing scene, I was like, no. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm like. You fucking Courtney Cox dollar store version ass. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah, she definitely looks the best as a blonde. Also, um, absolutely. when you first see the, like, the fake F1 cars, you see Red Star, and then you see uh, the Angels's. I'm like, this is Haas. Imagine this is Haas <laughs> racing. <laughs> Imagine the I fucking Haas manager. the Red Star car. I always thought it looked so cool. I'm like, it's way cooler than this stupid American flag one. I'm like, I want, I was like, why come the bad guys always have the cool looking stuff? Because I loved Sam Rockwell with his like sunglasses and his suit. And yeah, I don't know. I was always in like the fucking cane. That's also a sword. I'm like, everything they have is way cooler. (laughs) 
I want to say one more thing about the racing scene. Okay. When Drew Barrymore licks that steering wheel, I went, oh my God. And then the driver went, oh my God. And I think we said, oh my God, for the same reason. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. I also want to give a special shout out to... Drew Barrymore's like tween boy outfit she has to borrow. <laughs> love it. After she rolls Oh my god, down the, the Stone Cold naked. Steve Austin t-shirt. Yes, I loved yes, I loved that look so much. <laughs> she like comes on on like a little mini like street bike. <laughs> Don't wear like oversized shorts and a Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirt. Oh, I love it. <laughs> they were like we do. We got to see a naked woman today. Yes, please take my bike. Yes, <laughs> uh, you don't need to return it. Thank you. Uh, I good. forgot Blur's song two plays during this movie at one point too. Oh, yeah. It's a good album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are you going to say something else? Yeah, no, dude, I, dude, I, I, want, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned the tween boy outfit. The Sorry. fight scenes are so much fun. Yes. Yeah. And but I do think there was a. Um, unfair oh, i guess it's not unfair but it's just like a unequal distribution of fun choreo or like badass choreography like i feel like like you could definitely tell cameron diaz was able to do like much more impressive stunts mm-hmm. because of her like dancing background for the choreography yeah. so her fight scenes always looked to me the most fun mm-hmm. and like you could see the most going on. It wasn't as quick of cuts or like super close ups or, you know, jump cuts. It was like, you're seeing her do like a fucking high ass kick. Yeah. And like, it was always so cool. And I was, I remember during like Lucy Liu's at the end of the movie with creepy thin guy. I was like, yeah, "Yeah," I'm like, ah, this isn't as fun. And we had, we were, it, it was jumping back and forth between that and Cameron Diaz with, Vivian. The Vivian Wood lady. And I'm like, this one's so much more fun. <laughs> okay, we have to talk so much about better. the actual most unfortunate character in the movie is Vivian. Because this actress, I'm sure she's nice. No impact. Yeah. She's like, basically, like, I have face blindness every time she's on screen. She leaves yes. no... She's oh my just god, yes. Such lackey status. Like, she's supposed to be yeah. one of the main villains. At least the she's number like two. She's like his lady. And it's like... The, I guess the thin man who, like lets him sleep with people for evil plan purposes. Evil people are all polyamorous, <laughs> but it's like no. Even the thin man has a bigger impact and iconic yeah. look yeah. and feel to than the this movie. Vivian woman. She's so bland. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. She's our female villain, well, and she's like meh. Yeah, they didn't give on. her a lot to do. We no. know I don't why think it's the though. Actress's fault. No, I don't think it's the actress's fault. Honestly, no, it's not her fault. It's Crispin Glover's. <laughs> I do think that at the very least they could have just given her better outfits. Yeah. Like a better haircut. Like she should have had an evil haircut. She had haircut like a turn. 70s shag. Like why didn't she get like slick back matrix hair when the Ooh. evil villain was revealed? Or like when she's fighting Cameron Diaz at the end, they're essentially wearing the same outfit except she's wearing a more boring version of Cameron Diaz's. Yeah. She should have had a louder, brighter, scarier villain outfit and it's just so bleh. She deserved more. 
Yeah. Justice <laughs> for Natalie. Well, no, wait, no. Cameron Diaz is Natalie. Vivian. I've yeah. already forgotten her name. <laughs> okay. I'm really sorry. I know I've been talking a whole lot. I really did enjoy this movie, but we have to talk about, like, the. this is the last main thing I want to talk about. Okay. Tim Curry's character had no idea what the fuck was going on at all. From his point of view, he gets a new F1 driver who's not very chatty, who suddenly shows up and kills him one day. That's it. That's all he knows. He has no idea he's getting infiltrated. He has no idea Sam Rockwell wants his evil tech. He has no idea who the Charlie's Angels are. He has no idea that someone's pretending to be kidnapped and blaming him. All he knows is that he got a good massage. He met a weird man who did, like, weird sumo wrestling with, and his F1 driver killed him. Yeah, he's the, the he's patsy. the red herring. Yeah. I'm just saying, the movie from his perspective yeah, it's is unfortunate. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the That's most hilarious. <laughs> That's the TikTok right there. I thought you were going to say the most unfortunate character in this movie is Tom Green. Because oh. why is Tom Green even here? Uh, Tom Green. To have a tugboat or Tom Green boat or whatever. Dies at sea. <laughs> the Chad. The Chad climbs into his fucking exhaust pipe and goes, I'm stuck. And you know those women are not coming back for him. At least he died knowing the Chad was great. The Chad is stupid. Uh... He was only here because I kind of like the chat. We're like married at the time, which <laughs> they were dating. Do you like his singing? Okay, the music of the movie sometimes sounds like a weird early 2000s porno. I mean, the uh, the instrumental, the original score. Yeah. Um, maybe hearkening back to just its 70s roots, I guess. What was hard for you guys to follow? It was just very leap of logic-y all the time. First of all, did Charlie even do a fucking background check on Sam Rockwell? <laughs> like, seriously, dude? He's just like, they're like, oh, my partner. Oh, yeah, they learned that's like not even his real name at the end. It's like, Eric Knox was actually this person. Like, do this vetting before you take the case, you idiot. Well, maybe it's just because, like, you get private clients and they're like, here's a thing I need you to do. Here's a lot of money. And they're like, okay, we're dedicating our researching to what you're asking for us to do. Cause you're giving me money. You're not paying me to do research on you, but like also it would know. probably be better to cover they're your doing a lot of getting into. They're doing a lot of illegal shit. Like they're, they're not a government body. They're literally breaking into Tim Curry's satellites. Like that's well, maybe not, that, maybe that's even makes even more sense. Then they're like, we ask no questions because we're not complete. We're not like through the government either. Then that's you know? stupid of them. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, Allegra, to to uh, jump on this point as well, um, the way things were not just explained, but like went from one conclusion to the next was like, I do not see. Okay, whatever. That's why it was hard to follow because it was hard to follow. Yeah, it was literally yeah. just hard to kind of figure out how they got from point A to point B. And there's like, what? Where did the race car thing even come from? What point? Oh wait, they needed to be there to get something. From the I don't truck. know. It was yeah. They, they had to put like the video tracker, but the 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 chase scene was. I mean, I guess it's like, oh, they saw this guy, they fought, they need to go after him, but they did it in a really 
convoluted way. Was it amazing? Absolutely. Yeah. When that F1 car fell into the ocean, fantastic filmmaking. <laughs> Did I understand what the fuck was going on at all at <laughs> any point? No. Sometimes they'll just show up places and explain why they're there later. And it's just like, what? Huh? Who's going? Where? Like when they explained we have to break into the fucking place to do the thing and whatever, they're like explaining as they go and they're cutting back and forth between like the beer bottle and then the tuba scene and the tuba scene is so distracting i'm like what's happening and then they're like oh i love hey on side note i love how in the tuba scene lucy lou just like casually knows how to play the accordion yes (laughs) oh that's a good cameron diaz outfit as well that's her other outfit yes it is i'm so surprised yeah i did change my mind uh, I know. I actually, at the end of the movie, I was like, also, I think I changed my mind. I still love Cameron Diaz the most <laughs> in this movie. Because I couldn't really get on board with Lucy Liu is too uh, high strung. She's too tightly blossom. wound. She is tightly wound. But it's like, I, so Drew like, Barrymore right. is usually nope. cast as such a cutesy person. This is the first time they really, I've seen it that I can remember, have her as like a hard, like badass. Yeah. And I feel like she's like more punk. I feel like I bought it a lot more when this was the first Drew Barrymore movie I'd ever exactly. seen. And now I'm like, ooh, it doesn't totally work all the I time. I think it still works because I feel like at the core, it's still very much like, I'm a free spirit. And that's Drew Barrymore's whole vibe. It's just different from how I remember it. I'm not gotcha. knocking the movie any points. It's just something I noticed. Um, I had achieved from Kyoto. Does it hold up? What did you guys have again? Like a five. five and a six? I think what I really need convincing on is why this isn't... I'll, I, currently, I have it as a two for appropriate for children. Uh, okay. I think it is... Similar to, like, Austin Powers, it's pretty silly that, and I think we've even talked about how, like, a lot of stuff just, like, went over my head the first time around. Um, I don't think it is great, but I think it definitely deserves to be higher than Love Actually because there was not actually any nudity. I don't remember there being a ton of swearing. It is very male gazy. And there are definitely, like, problematic elements to this movie as well. I feel like it, I feel like a three feels good to me. You right. know, like a solid yeah. three. That, that's all I'm really hoping for at this point. That's honestly. what I'm keeping mine at. It's yeah. definitely a three. The toughest one I'm having trouble with is Hold Up. Because objectively, not a great movie. But I did have so much fun, and I'm totally gonna watch a, watch this movie again in the future. It and has a rewatchable it. factor yeah. that I think couldn't contribute to that score. It's like it's dated, but not in a but in a way that aids it. It's in, in the I best guess. way possible. Yeah, like I don't think doesn't hold up should be a ten, but like maybe yeah. Like I mean six. The hold up, the hold up parts that are even really bringing me down are, I mean, there were the very just openly casual racial problematic and things. Cultural appropriation and actual yeah. literal brown um, face that occurs in the movie. And other than that, the CGI, especially of the, like the the layer at the end of the movie, 
was so bad. Yeah, I also um, noticed, I didn't realize how bad the CGI was during the, like, we're going to rewind and then slow-mo the, like, gun shooting the glass. Yeah. Shooting Drew Barrymore yeah, out yeah. of the window. <laughs> like, when it, re- like, when it, like, rewound and then, like, showed her standing there again, I was like, oh, that is an obvious green screen insert. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, I never noticed that before. <laughs> I don't know why I'm pointing this out but, when I'm trying to argue but on the score. I but I liked, I liked that choice so much that i actually don't fault it yeah. for how bad the cgi I was because i liked that yeah yeah i thought it was very fun and also i just like fuck dude sam rockwell is so good <laughs> <laughs> all right well okay tell me let, let's do final scores it did any, okay did I we'll do final scores okay i'm boosted nostalgia to eight Okay, because I did remember things as they were happening. Like that's there, what that's part of the school. Like there were so many times yeah. where I was like, "I'm leaving Oh my god, the next scene! Oh my god, the yeah. next scene!" When yeah. we got the F one, I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Thank you, Greg. Sit through ability. Hold on. It's I, higher for you. This was a fun movie. I yeah. I'll, I'm keeping mine your, at a ten. What's taking your sit through? Um, just some of the parts where I was like, "Uh," so. <laughs> I'm I'm still boosting it to a nine. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Appropriate, um, appropriate for, for children. I'm keeping at a three because okay. I think that's fair. I, I boosted think. mine to a three. Okay. I I appreciate that. That feels right to me. Hold up. I brought mine from a six to a seven because of what we just talked about. Okay. Like I'll it. also say seven. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> because it is just so fun. But I'm keeping followability at a five. So am I. That's it's fair. staying at a five. That's fair. All right. Hit me Which with it. I don't think, I think that's a very, I think, I, I haven't I honestly think that's done it yet, but I think I it's think a very fair, fair yeah, yeah, score. Hold on. I'm not um, mad about it. Bonus points? Yes. Drew Barrymore. I'm doing scene. Sam Rockwell. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Drew Barrymore in, in, the, in the cleavage. In, it's that one. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. What What's my verdict? Okay, hold on. So, Charlie's Angels. Okay, you are getting... I need to double check to make sure I did the math right. Um, so, your final score is a very appropriately numbered 69. Are you serious? Is this your second 69 movie, Holland? I think it is. Yeah, I had the yeah. other. I had one. What was it? Inspector Gadget it was, was also Inspector 69. Gadget. Is um, this movie? However, I feel like this movie is better than Inspector Gadget. So I'm going to but... campaign hard for everyone to vote for me to get this up to a 7. I feel like this is a solid 70. I don't. I don't disagree. Um, it's just that. It's the kid score that made it rough. I know. Yeah. Like, Love Actually got a 64 because... It's appropriate for children. Oh, no. It's, sorry. It's appropriate for children. Wasn't an average score of two. It was an average score of one. Okay, that's so what I, I thought. Wrong. That's what I thought. <laughs> okay, personally, I like this movie way better than Inspector Gadget. Uh-huh. But I remember, like, being in the minority. Yes. Where you guys enjoyed Inspector Gadget way more than I did. I didn't. Well, no, because once again, it's mainly just the it's the children's score that brought like Inspector Gadget. Nostalgia was high, but sit through ability was low. Yeah. Appropriate for children was high. 
and then low, and then mid. And I was probably speaking so it was, more... I was probably speaking nicely about it because it was my fucking movie that I had to defend, <laughs> you know? I was trying to keep yeah. the mood up. <laughs> as hilarious as it would be for Holland to also just have another number 69 score... I feel like this deserves a 70. So I, listeners, please check our Instagram on Friday. Vote in the poll. Help me out. I need all the points I can get. I fucking loved watching this movie. It was um, a fun time. Good movie. Who who suggested yeah. it? Gray did. Good job, Gray. I did. Thank uh, you. And this was one where I was like, I don't know if this is gonna be good or bad. I know. But I, I think really it's gonna had be no fun. idea. And I was it. right. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. But it was fun. Yeah. Let's hit them that trivia. Trivia. All righty. So released November third, two thousand. Budget ninety three million. Box office. Two hundred and sixty-four point one million. Oh my god! That's why I got a sequel, and no, which sequel? clearly Not prompted a, a sequel and then a remake. Um, but no other women-led action movies would come out for years. I yeah, do. Think is this, this the most? Is this the highest female-led action movie? Highest? I don't know. What's another know, one that'd maybe. be female-led? Ocean's Eight. But I don't think that did that well. Uh, and, uh, well, let Ocean's me look Eight, it up, another baby. Good plane movie. I'm pretty sure. Also, also that's <laughs> not spun. that's not a uh, action movie. It's like a heist movie. It's so. Oh, but it had a lower budget and a higher box office. Oh, Ocean's Eight did. Yeah, it it seventy million budget, two hundred and ninety seven point eight million. Hmm. What's the inflation? Yeah, exactly. Um, but. I do think this was a really well done female led action movie yes. too. Like I thought it like there was a reason why also I think I probably loved this movie so much was because it was like one of the only <laughs> types of movies that was like this where I was like, Yeah, I wanna be badass like these girls, you know? In yeah. hindsight, thinking back on it. You now. had such more pure reasons oh. to love this movie than Gray and I did. <laughs> it has some awards, some accolades. For 2001, the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards, it received dishonorable mention for Worst Picture. Um, It won Worst Supporting Actor and Most Unfunny Comic Relief. Both went to Tom Green. Um, Well, that's fair. It was nominated for Worst On-Screen Group, which was The Three Angels. Worst Song or Song Performance Featured in a Film or Its End Credits. And it was Independent Woman Part what? 1 by Destiny's Child. This nominated. show is misogynistic. This, they are wrong. Yeah. History, well, except for the Tom Green stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> I'll allow and that. Worst, worst Resurrection of a TV Show. Yeah, well, wait, remember well, those three were nominated. I think, I think though, it was just nominated for as many categories as possible because people didn't like the movie. That's why none of these won. Gotcha. It was just the worst supporting actor in most unfunny comic relief, <laughs> which won. Both went to Tom Green. Well, that's fair. <laughs> that, that's correct. Um, Drew Barrymore bought the screen rights to Charlie's Angels, nineteen seventy six. Prior to this movie being filmed. A decision that earned her an estimated $40 million for the first movie and a possible $80 million for the second. Damn. Get that corn, Um, girl. (laughs) 
The Thin Man was originally a speaking role, but Crispin Glover didn't like the lines, so he asked for them to be removed. Director McGee and producer Drew Barrymore agreed to make it a non-speaking role to give the character a more mysterious feel. Honestly, good call. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. He was more intimidating and more creepy when, when he didn't speak. <laughs> yeah. Crispin, it was also Crispin Glover's idea to uh, make his character like weird with like the hair and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that also doesn't surprise me. Did like isn't there yeah, an interview? He came up with many of his characters' eccentric eccentric traits, such as ripping off women's hair, sniffing it, and then screaming. <laughs> That's all, Crispin baby. Was isn't there like a Drew Barrymore interview about the sequel Full Throttle, where she was like, "Yeah, Crispin was pretty fucking creepy." <laughs> she had to like make out with him and shit. <laughs> Uh, this um, is our second Crispin I, Glover movie of the pod, too. What? How many Tim Currys have we had? Is this our first one? Or was he in another one? I thought he was in another one. It's just my Tim Curry in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is our first Tim Curry. I don't think that's true. Because we didn't watch Okay, I have more, guys. Okay. After Cameron Diaz wakes up from her ballroom dance scene and dreams... Sorry, ballroom dance dream and dances around her bedroom. She was asked to dance worse with each take. She found this somewhat difficult given her extensive ballroom dance training. <laughs> um, I think she did a good job at making it look bad. Um, also, the script was rewritten at least 30 times oh until one was deemed quote unquote acceptable by the producers and director McGee. Wow. Also, who the fuck is hey. McGee? He. I know. He is responsible for the OC. Who the fuck names so themselves? A little McG. bit of respect on his name. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't really know why he goes by that. I think his last name is like Mick something that starts with a G, but I don't remember. Mick Gagger is a porn name, probably. I, I like that. Mick Gagger. <laughs> um, and it came out in 2000. Figure it out. I don't care about. <laughs> pop culture trivia anymore i think we've also, also done a lot one, of 2000 so. movies yeah ding, 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 ding. all right now for my favorite part of the whole show and it's hey, big rock candy mountain roulette must be except it's my turn so just... oh god I hope oh is it time for that now one. i don't think we've had tim curry in a movie yet this is our first one. That seems impossible to me, but I just went through the list. We are here with the hat to see what or like a Allegra gets. All right. Well, this this is a movie that Allegra drafted. No. It is. <laughs> no. No. Sea Spot Run. I'm glad you got this because I don't think it's good. <laughs> but it's not Big, Big Rock Candy, Candy Mountain. Mountain. That is still in the hat. That is still in the hat. All right, guys. C-Spot Run. Whew, that's going to be a tough one to watch. Um, <laughs> well, until the fateful day where we have to talk about that movie you can follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at latchkeysibs 
please, especially follow us on Instagram and make sure to check our stories oh, every God. single Friday so you can vote in the poll. This movie's to... gonna be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> to vote in the poll to decide uh, if the defending sim of the week should lose a point, gain a point, or stay the same. You can also send us emails at latchkeysibs at gmail.com. Um, for thoughts, feelings, recommendations for movies, themed months, theme month, name ideas, all ideals are welcome. Um, but that is all we have for you guys today, and goodbye! Bye!